Mind of Man, Mind of God, number 43. It's June the 3rd, 2007. It's Trinity Sunday. Hi, Dave. Hey, Reiner. I think I, I, think I want a cookie. You want a cookie? I want a cookie, yeah. Well, uh, that doesn't have anything to do with the Trinity or anything. Oh, it doesn't? I, I, don't, I don't know, There's maybe. three parts of this cookie. It has raisin, chocolate chips, and cookie. <laughs> well, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, anyways, all right, so... That was random. Back, back to our show. So, Trinity Sunday, eh? Yeah. So that's all about explaining this idea of the Trinity. Kind of. I mean, you know, you read the readings, and and that's something about them. You know, God the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Why? Why three? You know. Why three? Yeah. I don't know, but see, that's the thing. I was just gonna say that, but that, that's why you look at the readings, and and they don't really talk about the Trinity per se, because the Trinity is a theological, you know, concept. I don't know, tenant that. You know, it was, it's more academic, so to speak, right? I mean, it's an explanation of how this stuff works, not a, you know, oh, not a structure. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, it's, it's not a. Oh, the Trinity is a thing, and on the third day, God created the Trinity. No, <laughs> it's just trying to explain the interaction of, you know, the three persons in. Right one God or whatever. Well, I think this idea of the the, the, the the three, the Trinity, the triangle, the pyramid, I mean, there's there's lots of stuff about this mythology. I think three tends to be kind of mystical, mythical number anyways. And, you know, from my mind, I think the idea of three, like when I was doing improv, we always had this rule of three. I was just thinking about this, is that, you know, you always have like three beats. You know, you, you have I don't know, and I think even in even in comedy there was this idea. It's almost like I think it was a Hegel. I don't know my philosophers, but there was synthesis, antithesis, and, or thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. There was this idea that um, that's how um, history moves forward. And in some sense, I can even see that in the idea of the Trinity in Catholicism, in that you have. God, you know, you know, God the Father in terms of being um, um, above and beyond and and not imminent or whatever, but out there. And then you have the embodiment of of Jesus Christ that was like going from heaven to having this physical on earth human being. And then you have the synthesis is the Holy Spirit. Like what happens after you know, these two concepts merge? You almost get the yeah. Holy Spirit. Yeah, if you want to talk about philosophers, I had concept before of the Trinity yep. being more like Platonian. You know, oh, really? Where like God the Father is more like that concept, you know, the absoluteness oh, yeah. of love. And then Jesus is the manifestation, you know, the the demonstration of the concept. Here, here's, you know, the Word made flesh. It's like the thing in the world representing the perfect, you know, ness of, and right. and then the Holy Spirit is like the manifestation of that spread out. I, I used to use like colors when I made this up, right? Mm -hmm. It's like God is blue, so it's the concept of blue, right. and Jesus is here's the crayon, right? <laughs> this is what blue looks like, 
And then the Holy Spirit, you go look around and say, there's blue everywhere. Oh, and stuff. interesting. You know, it's like, I, I made that up, but... <laughs> oh, that's okay. So it's probably, you know, theologically unsound, but I don't care. Well, yeah, but I mean, even the the idea, I mean, I, I, I find, I was just thinking about this, how, you know, I have that, I, I have this visual from growing up with Catholic teaching and stuff of the Holy Spirit is like a dove. Yes. Do you know that one? Yes. And then I think, well, that's odd. I mean, that that's what, so I haven't really even thought about it that much, you know, what it actually means. You know, we talk about this three, the Holy Spirit was always kind of this vague kind of thing, because it, it wasn't, I mean, we have this image of God, although it's, you know, I think uh, sort of Western patriarchal in a way, this, you know, guy with a big beard, and <laughs> it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I mean, I think that's an image that people have, but but the Holy Spirit was always sort of this vague kind of thing. Like, what's that? You know, I, I never quite understood it exactly. Yeah. It seemed a lot less accessible in some sense than the other two. True. I I, I had some other heretical thoughts about it, too, actually. Oh, let's have them. You want those? Have at it. <laughs> well, it's like this. Um, if you talk about the Annunciation, for instance, this this is where we get heretical, right? And 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 then, um, you know, when the angel comes to Mary, right? Mm -hmm. And and that, you know, that's a loaded term. Comes to Mary, right there. Sure. <laughs> People have said that, like in that movie, I forget. That Gabriel comes to. But anyway, it's like, and she says, "Well, how am I gonna have a kid?" You know, the angel says, "You're gonna have a kid." And she says, "How am I gonna have a kid? Because I don't know man." And she says, "Well, you're gonna be overshadowed by the, uh, you know, <laughs> power of the Holy Spirit." So basically, you know, the Holy Spirit kind of did her. Yeah, so right. To, so to speak. Right. But so, but then I go to the next step and become even more heretical, where I go, okay, if the Holy Spirit's the father of her baby, then they're kind of married, right? And when you get married, the two become one. So does this mean that Mary's now God? <laughs> and, and then now we've got, you know, the Catholics after me. And, and not really, but the point is, she has a close association with the Holy Spirit, right? Sure. So you go... You know, she's a manifestation. Even if you use that thing I just made up about the colors, right? Right. Jesus is the crayon. But, you know, just because you're crayon, I can have a really blue thing that looks just like the crayon. And that's why I would say she's, you know, as blue as you can be right. and not be the crayon, <laughs> so to speak. But Don't they always dress her in blue, kind of? They do. Th that's a What's device. That Actually... Let me think about this. Yes, blue means divine, and red means um, not divine. Corporeal. So, so, yeah, so when you see pictures of uh, Mary and Jesus, Mary is dressed in red under thing with a blue overcoat, meaning she was fleshly and put on divinity. And Jesus is portrayed as having a blue undergarment with a red overcoat because he's divine and put on the flesh. Well, that's interesting. Isn't that exciting? I had no idea. <laughs> fascinating. It is. If you look in some, you know, early paintings, it was it was a little tool they did. For, I mean, now that's not always the case anymore. But mm -hmm. there was this period, I think, during the, you know, Middle Ages, where this was developed and into the Renaissance. Anyway, it was a device. To, to well, let me ask you this now. Now, I I uh, I studied a little bit about. Uh, Chinese thought and what have you, and they they have this when they're when they're talking about their structure, they they do a lot with yin and yang. 
for instance. So yeah, th- th- their concept is that the universe is sort of a duality between these forces. You can almost look at anything in that light, and you can kind of see this duality between masculine, feminine, horizontal, vertical. You know, up, down. You know, th- everything that kind of goes with that. Uh, how does that fit into what, or does it have any relation to this, to the Trinity, or does it? Do you think? <laughs> I don't know, Dave. <laughs> yeah, we're better because we got three and they only got two. <laughs> well, but I mean, typically, that's a, that's another um, theory explanation I've heard is that well, you know, since it's love, I, I've heard it like this, where there's a relationship between you know the father and the son and and the holy spirit is kind of the relationship yeah you know it's like yeah you got your yin and yang and then you've got the interaction between them and that's the trinity right so to speak right right or, well it's, it does sort of make sense what i was saying earlier that jesus is the more physical versus the more ethereal yes you know, kind of i mean that he's that the, different he's the word made flesh right, right. exactly <sighs> made manifest here, you want to hear my um, thing that I wrote eight years ago? I would love to. Which, <laughs> because it's about this. I went to this talk by this Jesuit priest, uh, Father Lou, who's cool. But uh, anyway, so, so I'll read, read you what I wrote. I wrote this in April of 99, okay. and it's about the Trinity. And here's what Father Lou says. He says, He says, why am I breathing? Each breath I take is a gift, an action of God to give me life. St. Ignatius says, the love of God I experience, I sentir. I sense it, I feel it, I smell, taste, touch, see, and hear it. I long to touch, hold, embrace the love of God. So then I said, if my breath is the breath of God alive in me, and that is how we judge our aliveness by taking our vital signs, then as much as my breath is the breath of God, my heart pumps the blood of God, and my mind thinks the thoughts of God. And as intimate and connected as the physiological relationships are, so too is the intimate interaction and interdependency of the blessed trinity. The lungs breathe oxygen into the body, which enters the blood and is pumped by the heart to the brain, which must have the air breathed by the lungs to function. Without the heart pumping the oxygen and rich blood to the brain, the brain dies, ceases to function. Both the lungs and the heart are directed by the brain unceasingly to perform their essential tasks, but all three must act together. If the heart or the lungs or the brain dies, the whole body dies. If one suffers or does not perform well, the whole system, the whole body is compromised. As the mind, the heart, and the breath of life sustain each other and depend on each other, so too the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are intimate with and integral to each other's existence. As the actions of each person in the Blessed Trinity are essential to the whole, are inherent to the being of God, the actions of the Trinity must also work in concert in my life. The will of the Father must guide my thoughts. The love of Jesus must guide my heart. The breath of the Holy Spirit must guide my words and my actions. To accept one without the others hinders God's ability to use my life most effectively for the accomplishment of His will. Pretty erudite, huh? No, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> Darn good there, Ryan. Good job, man. So that's what I thought eight years ago, and I still kind of go with that. Yeah. I think it is interesting, that whole idea that, that all the words that have to do with, like, 
uh, like inspire, expire, and you know, that spirit. There's this connection between spirit and breath. I think a lot, you know, and um, yes, and even in certain, I think in Hindu, some Hindu uh, ways of thinking, they have this idea that the breath is important because you're you're taking in this energy called prana that is like almost like this breath of life or something that you're getting uh, in in the very act of breathing, but. It, it, it is interesting uh, to put it in physical terms that since everything is a manifestation of the great spirit of God, you know, that... Um, right. God's creation is manifested right. in all creation. Right. So that, and, you know, it, and it's interesting even, like, the studies that have been done about the heart, that the heart has, you know, the heart has a bunch of um, neurons. Um, it's, it's almost like a mini-brain and so there's these um, uh, within the heart. A, a lot of times, um, you know, when people think, you know, when you have these emotions, you're having them in your heart. You know, even though it does, you know, we think that right. P- you say people think with their heart instead of their head. Yeah, that it actually yeah. does happen. You know, yeah. that, 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 that you know there is there is some physiological evidence that that, that occurs. Um, which I think is interesting. It is. So, So again, that's the thing. I mean, you, you look at the readings, and they're not about, you know, the theological, you know, right. proclamation of the Trinity. They just, the ones they picked out for today are ones that talk about how, oh, yeah, here's the Father, and he was, and here's the Son. And, I mean, the Gospel talks mentions the three of them, Spirit of Truth and Father and the Son, but, you know, it's not like, yes, this is the doctrine. Right. <laughs> because, they, you know, the doctrine was made after. <laughs> well, the doctrine also, you know, I think like, uh, like anything else, um, probably when this was originally written, it was written much like other things are written, myths, and not not saying it's a myth, but just it's it's meant to be more emotionally evocative to the people that read it, you know, and 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 uh, symbolic, let's say, and also, I, I mean, I think they they were trying to appeal to a certain kind of, it's almost, it's more like art, in the sense of yeah. something that's just being lined out as a, as a dogma. Yeah, the words you were just... Poetry. You, yeah, the, that's better. I was going to say, the words you were just using sounded like advertising to me, but you're, you're, I think you're getting better now. <laughs> I mean, with the poetry, like, I'm trying to touch your essence. Right, exactly. Right? That, that's what I, that's the idea I was trying to get yeah. at, that I... Right. You know, they're talking about stuff that is, is is so profound and esoteric in a certain sense, and and they're trying to do it artistically. And of course, you know, we in our Western minds we come back in later and say, okay, well, what does this mean when they said this, and this, how does this right. fit into this? Right. We want to apply the scientific principle to this of course. thing, and we're going, well, that's stupid. <laughs> I know, but you know, that, well, that seems to be, you know, I think especially in the last three or four hundred years, that seems to be. You know, almost a litmus test. So, we, you know, everybody tries to do that. Even religion tries to do it. You know, it's like, well, let's 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 try and put this in terms that the Western mind can, you know, relate to. Now, I don't know. That it's always the right thing to do. It doesn't seem yeah. And but you know, Dave, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just wondering if this is somehow, you know, tangentially, def- well defined or you know manifested in foosball. Well, let's let's think about. That. Well, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. How would that show up? 
I mean, you know, you could say your front guy and your back guy and your team or something. That's or, true. That's true. well. Actually, I, I was thinking more. You have the um, the players, the idea, and then the actual game. The idea of the game, the players, and then the actual game that's occurring. That that's where the spirit comes out. The, the Holy Spirit of foosball. Is there such a thing, or is that? Oh yeah. <laughs> There's a there's a spirit of the game too. You know, there's the, there's like the character of the game itself. No, it, it's true, Dave. And you know, now that you say that, that that's very true. Because you know, you one of the things you have to do is discern spirits right. to see. You know, is this from God? Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of times there's other evil spirits. Right. And you know, sometimes you do that. You have a foosball game that's just you know fun and exhilarating. And sometimes you have one that's just bad yeah you know that's just well who are those bastards or it's filled with aggression and Anger. hostility or something yes and and that's not the spirit of you know of the true foosballness that's <laughs> that is that is exactly true that that you're getting into some you know it's, it can either serve good or evil like it's, everything else exactly you know so you have to you have to discern as you say discern the spirit yeah well that's good that's 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 something that's something yeah <laughs> All right, so um, did you want to talk about another thing? or are you gonna... Sure, I'll close with a commentary. Okay. Kind of an Andy Rooney thing. Huh? Oh, good. I, <laughs> I don't know. You say it in a crotchety manner? I think everything I say comes out like that, doesn't it? <laughs> I, 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 was, I was being, uh, what's the word? I don't know. Oh, whatever. Okay, go ahead. Obvious? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right, let it rip. Well, anyway, so, so I get this letter from... A covenant house, and I'll read um, things. This is, you know, it's okay for me to do this because we have explicit on our show. So, okay, this is explicit shit. Let me tell you. So it says here, innocent girls are increasingly victims of child trafficking and sexual slavery, a multi-billion-dollar industry that is thriving and growing rapidly in cities and towns all across America. They are being raped, tortured brainwashed and prostituted out to 10 or even 20 men in a single night. If they try to escape, their captors threaten to kill them and everyone they love. And some of these girls are only 11 or 12 years old. Girls who have been brought to the United States from other countries and American girls who are trafficked from place to place in interstate prostitution rackets are frequently hidden behind closed doors. They may be locked up in a seemingly normal neighborhood residence with several other trafficked girls, or they might be prostituted out through escort services, massage parlors, dance clubs, and other establishments where sex is sold. I'm sitting here reading this going, a multi-billion dollar industry. How many people have to be doing this every night in my neighborhood? It makes me sick. Who are these bastards and why? Well, we're out. Okay. Later, everyone. Ciao. You can make it. Shoot it. Mommog.com.